0: listening to Tazie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart and uh, Wynyard, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9 a.m. you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook. And uh, as I mentioned, we've got Arfi joining us this morning from Wynyard. Welcome, Arfi. Morning, Jason. It's great to be with you here this morning. It's uh, great to have you back with us. And uh, we have normally two weeks in between you joining us. And uh, I'm just going to ask you, what have you been up to? Have you got anything interesting to share with us?
1: Yeah, I had uh, uh well enjoyed the worship service and the fellowship with uh, God's people on Sabbath and um uh it was at Alverston Church and we had a a, a great time together and then I had a, a wonderful social in the evening. Uh we watched the movie Rise, a great family movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Great lessons there, spiritual lessons as well. And then yesterday I was blessed um had a um, one of the members from Wynyard Church um Toa or He uh, went fishing, and uh, with a few friends, and um, he blessed us by um, dropping off a few fish for us to have for dinner last night. So that was wonderful.
0: Fishing is a uh, a, a big um, thing in Tasmania here. Where was he fishing? Do you know,
1: I think it was somewhere around here in Wynyard. And oh, so right. I, I asked him to, um, next time he goes, to um, let me know, so mm. I'll see where, where the spot is where he he, uh, he believes he gets a lot of fish from. So
0: mm. Very good. Um, so today, Afi, you'll be continuing your or our series, Encounters with Jesus, but we've been focusing on the book of Hosea, and we're up to chapter three today. And of course, if you want to go back and have a listen to the past episodes, that's uh, every second week, so you need to skip back two weeks be, to get to the last episode, which we talked about, Hosea chapter 2. Do you want to give us um, just a bit of a, a quick rundown on what we've been talking about in the previous episodes, afi
1: Yeah, thanks, Jason. Yeah, so previously, as we looked at chapter 2, um, we made the point there and from verse 2 there um, that Hosea says to his children that they... Need to bring charges against their mother, his wife, Goma. And, uh, rightly so, um, Hosea has the right to do so because in Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 10, he had a legal right to divorce Goma because of her unfaithfulness, her adultery to, to him and leaving the children with Hosea. Mm. And um,
0: it's just a question uh, sure. from Leviticus: Would that have gone the other way if uh, if it was a man who had been unfaithful to a wife, or was it just one way in that time?
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question, Jason. No, it, was, it would have gone both ways. Yeah, and um, but normally, uh, well, it sort of sort of changed over over the years, as you know, as men had, were the more dominant um, figure within the family, mm. and divorce actually became a way that you know the only way you could divorce was by adultery, but um, they would divorce their their wives you know over little things mm.
0: that was and, in in later times wasn 't it when yes. I remember the Pharisees coming to Jesus and asking about uh, divorce and the law of Moses so, yeah. yeah. Mm. So we've been talking about this um, unfaithful wife, really, wasn't it? Uh, that mm. um, he was he was at right to divorce her because she had been unfaithful. But um, uh, what else did we talk about there?
1: Yeah, and we made the application that um, why he had the legal right, but how Jose deals with Gema is that he doesn't deal her by law. But deals her with her by love and grace, and that's the application we get of how God deals with us, and He dealt with Israel. Mm. Because, as we know, for the wages of sin is death, and legally that—that's our our due. Mm. But God, out of His grace and love, that's how He deals with us, and how He dealt with the children of Israel, and the message that He was bringing through that of the prophet Hosea. Mm. And so, sorry, Jess, when you get. Gonna-
0: Um, Have we finished uh, reviewing Chapter 2 there now? Because I just want to mention to our listeners our show number today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll do that then, 488 is our show number. We've got a question coming up and we've got uh, a book offer later in the program. But also remember that uh, you can go back and listen to those episodes that we've just been talking about, Um, Hosea chapter 1 and 2. We've done uh, three or four programs on this so far. So go back to faithfm.com.au and uh, also the Faith FM app. You can download that from the App Store and you can listen to these past episodes and fill it in it's an interesting chapter we don't often study these minor prophets and hosea is one of these minor prophets isn't it uh, afi that uh, we often skip over them and only get to the bit you know the big books like isaiah and things like that
1: yeah, that's true Jason. That's one of the reasons why I like to go to these minor prophets or these other books that we don't normally turn to. Like mm. Habakkuk is another one. Mm. I uh, I presented um not long not too long ago at um Alverston Church and um because you know God is also speaking to us through these books as well, and Mm. these important messages that he wants to bring out. Mm. And, um, like we just made the point that, you know, how God deals with us, how he dealt with the children of Israel is not on the legal terms, but on that of his grace and his love. Mm. Mm. And, um, you know, that's why, you know, Jesus came and he died on the cross for us. Mm. The Son of God came from heaven to give people a clear picture. Of who the Father, Father is, mm,
0: absolutely. and
1: um, in John chapter one and verse eighteen, um, it says, "No one has ever seen God, the only Son, who is the same as God and is at the Father's side. He has made him known." And mm. so Jesus is the single revelation of what God is like and has always been like. Mm. You know, someone had asked me one day, you know, if God loved the world so much, why did he send his son? Why didn't he come come himself? And so, That's
0: a a good question, isn't
1: it? Yeah. Because, you know, you have that famous text in John 3.16 that we all know well. Mm. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so the question naturally came then, well, why... Why did he send some? Why didn't God come himself?
0: Can, can I have a go at answering that, Afi? I don't know if yeah, I'm right sure. or not. I have this idea that if God came directly to this earth, we would all be destroyed because um, God and sin can't coexist. Is that, yeah. is that a reasonable answer?
1: <laughs> no, I think that is a,
0: a very reasonable answer, Jason. So, right. so he had to send Jesus in human form.
1: Yeah. And my, 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 my reply was to this and, um, young man, I said to him, I said, well, are you a father yet? Mm. And he said, well, no. And I said, well, when you're a father, you will understand that because when you see a loved one suffer, you suffer more. Mm. And so God the Father took the harder part, in my view
2: because
1: mm. it's not just Jesus that's redeeming us and looking out for us or looking for us, but it's also God the Father looking for us as well. mm and Jesus and God, the Father, are, are in the business of salvation for us together. And they're wanting to bring us home. Mm. And that's why when, you know, God suffered just as much as Jesus did. And he suffers more when he sees us, you know, not willing to turn to him and to, to have him. And that's what was hurting God so much through the, you know, the time of the prophet Hosea. Mm. And why this real, really sort of harsh illustration where, you know, where God had told um, Hosea that, you know, to take Gomer as, you know, becoming a prostitute as his wife, she leaving him, and then he having to buy her back. Mm. You know, mm. you have then, as we mentioned before, Jason, in chapter 2 there and verse 2, God says, Let her put away her harlotries from her sight. And God, Hosea, admonishes Goma to change her behavior, change mm. her ways. And that's, that's what God is asking for for us today, mm. about changing our ways, changing our behavior to follow God's will. Mm. You know, there's a few texts there, Jason, um, Yeah, f- if you'd like to read for us in First Corinthians 5.7, seven, Second Corinthians 5.17 and Galatians 2.20.
0: Yeah, let's read them. It says, uh, Therefore purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you are truly unleavened. For indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. And then in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And in Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me.
1: Yeah. The simple ways of changing our behavior, changing our ways and following God. Mm. You know, it came to us, you know, a surprise to me, Jason, that, uh, you know, a Christian is not someone who simply does what is right. Mm. My dad said to me one day, you know, he said, laughing, you know, it, it always pays to do what is right. It never, never pays to do what is wrong. Mm. And I said, well, thanks, Dad. Or what else is new?
0: Yeah. yeah. But
1: how how about you tell me how I, I go about doing that? Yeah. And the emphasis of doing what is right is a misunderstanding of Christianity. Mm hmm. And we'll look a bit bit on that when
0: we come back. Okay. Well, we've got a question for you as a listener today. We'd love to hear from you. Text us in. This is a live program. We can share your answers on air. And uh, if you text us in soon, we can do that. So if people fall into sin and turn their back on God, will he still love them? We'd love to hear your opinion on this, your answer. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This is white as snow by rivers and robots
3: so I cling to the lamb who has purchased me. Lord, your mercies are new.
0: As The Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with Afi Tuoi on the topic of Hosea chapter 3. And we've just done a bit of a summary of uh, chapter 2 and where we've come from here. We've been talking about how God wants us to change behaviour. Um, God, uh, in this case, gave an example of Goma, who had been uh, unfaithful to her husband Hosea, but uh, Hosea rescued her, but he wanted her to change behaviour and he wants us to change behaviour as well to uh, to come back to him. So um, we've been talking about that and we've read a few passages, um, but uh, we've got more to talk about this. So let's keep going, Arfi. Yeah,
1: thanks, Jason. And um, yeah, so God want, is wanting to change our ways just as Hosea wanted Goma to change her ways and um, we see in chapter 3 there God's love and action. And um, chapter 3 of Hosea is a very short chapter, but a very powerful one too. And Jason, would you like to read um, verses 1 to 5 for us in Hosea 3,
0: Yes, please? yeah, for sure. And today I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, Then the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and one and a half homers of barley. And I said to her, You shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. So, too, will I be toward you. Um, I'm assuming that's saying that they would not have uh, sexual relations for a while. You you can explain that to us, I guess, uh, Harvey. Sure. Uh, For the children of Israel shall abide many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, without ephod or teraphim. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and and David their king. They shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. Amen. Amen. So we have there,
1: Jason. There, coming from verse two there of chapter three, Goma had sold herself for money, and later drifted into slavery. From which, you know, however, however she was redeemed by, you know, the compassionate Hosea, her mm. husband. Mm. And the prophet Hosea is willing to, you know, to enter into a new covenant contract with Goma. And this is what we see about God. No matter how bad or how sinful or what we have done wrong, how far we may have gone, if we're willing to come to take God's hand, He's always there, willing to accept us.
2: Mm.
1: And this obviously represents the gracious manner in which God will again restore Israel under a new covenant as He does with us. In verse 3 there, you know, he tells us there could be no thought of reunion without a process of discipline and chastening or, or rebuke. Mm. And, you know, we do the same with our children. There's always consequences to the things that we do wrong to help, help them and help us to learn the lessons of what we're doing wrong. And um, when chastisement has done its work, the people will once again know the Lord. That's why, as we mentioned before in chapter 2 and verse 20, God says to Israel, as he says to us, I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness, and thou shalt know Jehovah. It's an interesting story that sort of reflects this, of what's happening here in the story of Hosea and Gomer, Jason, and and the story of which we all know well, the rich young ruler in Luke 18, verses 18 to 24 and um, just looking at that story may help us to understand what's happening here in Hosea chapter 3. And you like to read that story for us, Jason, in Luke 18 verses 18 to 20.
0: Yes. For us, please. Um, And uh, in another uh, gospel, I think it mentions this was a religious man as well. So he was a religious and rich and young. So it says, now, a certain ruler asked him, saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honour your father and mother. Um, Did you want me to read on past there?
1: Yeah, maybe just read um, on to to verse 23. Please, Jason. I've just got to bring that
0: up further, so uh, I don't know if you've got that with it. If you have, then uh, feel free to read on. I've just got to find it.
1: Sure. And he said, all these things I have kept from my youth. And So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. In verse 23, But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. Mm. And we all know the issue here with the the rich young ruler was
0: that his problem was that he couldn't follow Jesus was because he had... He had uh, too much love for his wealth and his material possessions.
1: That's right. Too much wealth... And yeah. love for his possessions, but one of the things we we may miss also, Jason, within the story is that the, Jesus also hints to him there there were other issues in his life besides that of his wealth that was holding him back, and Jesus wanted to to bring this out mm. from him. Mm. And one of those things that Jesus was bringing was that you have in verse twenty, where he says, "You know the commandments." Oh, sorry, Jason. Do
0: you have it there? You want to read yeah, that for um, us? The, so you know the commandments: do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother. So that's five of the last six, I think, isn't it?
1: It is very good, very good, Jason. Because that's what Jesus wanted the rich young ruler to mm-hmm. you know to pick up. Because you know. He, because uh, as he mentioned, he said, you know, I've kept all these things from my youth. So he knew the commandments well, mm. and Jesus purposely left one of the commandments out to show that what the one of the areas that he is struggling with that or being sinful in in, in his life. Not only that, is also Jesus was bringing out to him was the order of the commandments, mm-hmm. where Jesus says, "Do not commit adultery." do not murder, do not steal,
0: do not bear false witness, honour your father and mother. So they're in a different order to how they're listed in Exodus chapter 20.
1: That's right. Mm. Because the fifth commandment is what? Uh, honour your father and mother, I think. That's right. Mm. Honour your father and mother. But Jesus brings it up as the last commandment. Mm. And so Jesus was also bringing out to the rich young ruler, that here there's an issue that he has also in looking after his parents, mm. and how he is dealing with them. And the last commandment, the commandment that's missing there. Do you know the commandment that's missing, Jason?
0: They're about not coveting.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so that's the issue. One of the issues that Jesus is bringing across to the rich young ruler.
0: Do you know the other the other four that are missing as well? is the um, you know, the the commandments that are focused on our relationship with God, I, I've often wondered why those ones were not listed by Jesus as well. Yeah, good
1: question, Jason. Mm-hmm. And and the reason why is because Jesus knew that he, he didn't have a problem with his relationship with God, or in other words, he knew who God was because in verse 19... He um, Jesus said to him, "Why do you call me good? No mm. one is good but one, and that is God." Mm. And so he knew who God well, who God is. Mm. But his issue in life was is not his not the issue with God who God is, but his issue is his relationship with people, mm. with others, mm. and the way he treated them,
2: mm.
1: and how did he receive all his his wealth, mm. most of his wealth.
0: Who knows? But possibly uh, not righteously.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's very really true, Jason, and that's why Jesus was bringing it out on the, those on the last half of the commandments because the way he probably um, uh, received most of his wealth was that he was, you know, underpaying his workers, mm. and um, you know his and, relationship with people,
0: and that's in, that's in essence stealing from them. Isn't yeah, it? Mm.
1: exactly covetedness as you brought out you know was the was the commandment that was missing that Jesus was hinting to him these things mm. and you know i really believe conviction was coming to his heart and um but as you mentioned the, as Jesus brought out in the end there what the real issue the, the, uh, what was really holding him back was the overall was his love for money and all of that came back down to it because or the way he dealt with people.
2: Mm.
1: And Jesus is also saying, as he brings it out with Hosea and Goma, the relationship is important. If we don't have that relationship with God, then our relationship with people suffers as well. Mm. And um, so as with the rich young ruler, his love for money held him back from making that commitment to Jesus as it was in the time of Hosea, spiritual adultery held Israel back from making that commitment and being faithful in that covenant covenant with Yahweh. And so the question obviously comes back to us from this story. What is holding you and I back? What Mm. is holding back our listeners from making that total commitment to the Lord? Mm. As Hosea 3 verse 3 says, as I said to her, you must dwell as mine for many days, you shall not play the harlot or belong to another man, so will I also be to you, changing our behavior, changing our ways to be, to be faithful to the God that we serve.
0: We will be going to another break shortly. We've got a question uh, for you. Um, we did ask this earlier, but if people fall into sin and turn their back on God, will he still love them? Text us in your answer to that on 0488 uh, We're going to go to this break now This uh, beautiful song it's an adaptation of a couple of songs actually, I Surrender All and All I Am, this is by Caleb and Kelsey
2: All oh, to Jesus I surrender All to him feet
0: made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Afi Tuoi on the series Encounters with Jesus. We've been talking about uh, a rich young ruler and some issues that uh, he had when he came to Jesus and asked him what must he do to be saved and it's uh, really interesting that uh, it's almost what Jesus didn't say um, that uh, was challenging him there, which was quite interesting to me. But uh, before the break, we did ask you a question. If people fall into sin and turn their back on God, will he still love them? And uh, we've had Rebecca text us in an answer to that, and she says, yes, he does still love them, but he does have a cut-off point. So, what would you say to that, Arfi?
1: Yeah, thanks Rebecca for um, texting in and, and answering that question, and no, it's, it's very true. Um, unfortunately, as we all know, um, there is a day when j- judgment will come mm. and uh, where, as we know from the Word of God, Jesus will step out of the um, the temple and um, at that time people will, the, the decision of who will be saved and who won't be, and mainly it's not Jesus who makes that decision, but it's us. Hmm. where God says enough is enough, it's time to bring my people home. Hmm. And um no, but it's very true. There is a cut-off point, but God is, as the Bible says, he's not willing that any should perish. And this is the time that we have that God is looking to bring us back when we need to change who we are. But it's not by us, but by the power of God.
0: Hmm. It's... um it's interesting, you mentioned earlier that there's a, a process by which God calls us back and restores us. And Hosea did actually mention that. Um, we read it earlier in verse 3 uh, of chapter 3. Do you want to just um, uh, unpack that a little bit before we go on to some other verses?
1: Yeah. And so we we make that point, Jason, um, that as... God was looking for a total commitment from the rich young ruler. God is also looking for that commitment from us as Hosea brought out to Goma. And, um, that commitment of following God and doing his will. And, um, you know, it's wonderful, wonderful that a holy God should have goodwill to, to those who, like us who have a carnal mind. It brings,
0: it brings that verse to mind where it says, While we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. Died for us.
1: Amen. Mm. Very true. Mm. And so, once again, you know, it represents God is gracious and how he's dealing with his people. As I mentioned before, it's not God's will that any should perish. Mm.
0: Absolutely. Um, we've got some uh, other verses from the New Testament that you wanted to um, explore as well. Would you like to go on to that now?
1: Or? Yeah. And so we're going to be looking at, uh, as we looked at God's love and action, and um, verses 4 and 5 of chapter 3 of Hosea, uh, we've seen our God's love and action by restoration, how he restores and um it's an application to Israel, as we know, and it seems that Hosea is giving this a uh, balanced plan of restoration of the marriage relationship mm-hmm. rather than, you know, a harsh judgment that's coming that really Goma deserves. And this is what God is looking for us, is to have this balanced relationship with him. And um, by doing so, there are three steps of restoration that we find in, in these verses, verses 4 and 5. And what I see in those three steps is that Hosea, having one game is released from former creditor's control, Hosea gives her a positive message of his commitment to care for her for many days. And then the second point is of restoration, that Hosea sets down the conditions of this new relationship. She must not have anything to do with her sinful past relationships or with other men. And once again, the third point, Hosea is declaring to her that he will be her husband, her faithful husband. Mm. And we see this also, Jason, another story in the New Testament God's love by, by restoration. Um, there, of the woman caught in adultery in um, John chapter 8, verses 4 to 8. You want to read those verses for us, please, Jason?
0: Yeah, it says, uh, They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses, in the law, commanded us that such should be stoned. But what did you say? Or what do you say? They, this they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you... Let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Mm. Makes you wonder what he was writing, doesn't
1: it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's a good question, Jess, because that that becomes very important within the story. And once again, what we have here is a woman caught in adultery and the law is, as they pointed out to Jesus, the Pharisees and the scribes, is that she should be put to death mm, but what and about how, the
0: man where is he <laughs> yeah exactly where's the man
1: but once again we see how Jesus this is we're talking about restoration how does Jesus restore us back when we're sinning mm. into a real relationship with him mm. and as you pointed out Jason um, you know what does he say to the woman in verse 11.
0: Uh, I don't have verse, oh yes, verse 11. Yes, I do have it here. It says, she said, no one, Lord. So before that, um, I think he says something like, uh, where are your condemners? Is that right? I've only just got verse 11. And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more.
1: Neither do I condemn you, Jesus says, and sin no more. Mm. And why? Why 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 did her condemners walk away? It's because you asked the question before, Jason. What, what was, was Jesus writing? Yeah. writing on the on the ground? Mm. And um, Alan White tells us, as you may know, Jason, that Alan White says Jesus was writing the sins of the people, mm. of her accusers. It
0: sort of makes sense, doesn't it? Because uh, in verse 7 it says, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. So you can imagine that um, writing the sins of people um, and perhaps he didn't identify who those people were but just even writing the sins would have brought to their mind uh their conscious you know their conscience and to yeah. say oh yeah i i i have issues as well
1: yeah exactly
0: mm. jason you
1: know and and you're right i mean they had issues we all have issues we are all sinners mm. and and in god's eyes we we are all the same Because we are all sinners, but we're needing, in the need of God's saving grace. And why Jesus says when we come in that relationship with him, we're justified, justified meaning neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more Mm. in our relationship with him. Mm. You know, it's interesting in, in Luke 8 verse 2. You want to read that verse for us, Jason, Luke, chapter
0: 8 and verse 2. Yes, it says, And a certain woman who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom who had come seven demons.
1: You know, this verse tells us, Jason, that even though we are in a relationship with Jesus and even though Jesus said to the woman, Neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more, does not mean we walk in a perfect life or relationship. Mm. Because we are sinners that we will always fall. And Mm. this verse in Luke 8, 8, verse 2, is the same woman that Jesus called an adultery. She walked away in a relationship with the Lord, but she fell back into her previous life. Mm. She fell back into sin. And yet seven times Jesus was still willing to accept her. Mm. That's why in John chapter 12, verses 3 and 7, you'd like to read that for us, please?
0: Yeah, this is uh, then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. Man, you know, Jasmine, out of
1: Jesus' compassion and his love for us, he accepts us for who we are and he's looking at changing our behaviour, changing our life and he does say so for this woman who was caught in adultery, mm. even though she was, she fell back into sin seven times, Jesus was still willing to accept her back and still love her for who she is. And by doing so, she changed her life over time. And we witnessed that through this story that she was willing to buy expensive perfume, pour it on his feet. Her tears washed his feet and she dried it with her hair, signifying, as Jesus said, that she was anointing my body
0: for burial. Mm. The last verse there in Romans 6.14, if you like to read that before we go to the break, Jason. It says, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace.
1: Amen. Sin will not have dominion over you, because we are not under law, but we are under God's grace. When we're in that faithful relationship with him, and he restores us back to him. Mm.
0: That's beautiful, isn't it? Um, We've got our book offer coming up, which uh, we'll share now. It's called See With New Eyes, and its subtitle is The True Beauty of God's Character. And this is what we see when we study these passages. To see most things, one's eyes need to be open, but not so with God. If you open your eyes too wide or look too closely, you're likely to miss him while thinking you have seen him. Most of us make this very mistake. We look at people expecting to see God. We look at religions. We even look in the mirror. Inevitably, we are disappointed because we had hoped for a nicer picture of the Divine One. Countless people have turned away from God because they thought they saw him in a person or in a church. And quite frankly, they didn't like what they saw. That is so true and we must not uh, look at people or churches but instead look to God. And this is a, a great book to, to uh, have a look at this topic and delve into it in more detail. Have a look at really the true character of God. Now, we've got a question to claim this book today. I'm asking you to text in the answer to this question. It's a relatively simple one. If you've got your Bibles, it's in John chapter 12. And the answer to this question is found in the passage that we read earlier from John chapter 12. Who was the disciple who questioned Jesus about the oil being wasted and not sold and given to the poor? We just need the name of the disciple who spoke to Jesus and said, you know, why is this woman wasting this and not selling it? So text us in your answer to that question on 0488 This is Choose Life by Carly Fletcher.
2: Each new day, God gives you a choice to make.
3: Blessing or cursing, life or death. It's in your hands The choice is yours to make So what will you choose Today? Therefore choose life That you and your descendants may live Will you love the Lord your God and obey His voice? is your life and the length of your days, so what will you choose? Will you
2: choose life? Life or death blessing or cursing the choice is And so this day, I have a choice to make, blessing or cursing. Will you choose life? Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live. Will you love the Lord your God and obey His voice? For God is your life, and the length of your days. So what will you choose? Will you choose life today?
0: Beautiful song about... Choices that we can make. It is up to us, ultimately, as to whether or not we choose to follow that call. And uh, that song really put it beautifully. But uh, before the break, we did ask you a question: who was the Who was the disciple? And this is found in John chapter twelve. Who was the disciple who questioned Jesus about the oil being wasted? Um, if you have a look at that, it's in the first few verses of that chapter, so please text us in uh, your answer for that, and you can claim a book, uh, this beautiful book, titled See With New Eyes. Now, um, Margie texted in as well uh, an answer to our question about um, uh, Does if people fall into sin, does God still love them? And, uh, of course, she says God loves us all. It's just the sin he hates, which is so true. Now, Afi, we've got about six minutes to finish up today. So um, how would you like to wrap up today?
1: Yeah, thanks, Jason. And just adding on to what Margie mentioned, and thank you, Margie, for texting in. And and it's true that, you know, sin is more than a single offence. Sin is an ongoing pattern, a lifestyle and um, so before Jesus saves us, we are slaves to sin. But after Jesus saves us, you know, we, we may fall occasionally like we bruise our knees, but sin shall not have dominion over us, as the verse you read there in Romans six fourteen, Jason. Because where sin had its dominion, for the Christian, where sin once sat enthroned and unchallenged, when we have Jesus in our lives, Jesus sits as Lord and King. And to sort of sum up, Jason, chapter 3, what we do see there is God showing his love. Where we've been looking through Hosea's situation and with where previous lovers of Gomer and Israel have rejected their husband. And so we've asked our listeners the question, you know, if people fall into sin and turn their back on God, will he still love them? Well, Hosea's answer is that no one has ever deserved or earned God's love. Because it's always a free gift to those who are unworthy. And that's why, Jason, you know, the well-known text in John 3.16, would like to read that for us, please?
0: Yes, it's such a well-known verse. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life.
1: Amen. Whoever believes in him. That's the free gift of mm. eternal life. And yeah. 1 John chapter 4, verses 10 and verse
0: 19, tells us, if you'd like to read that for us, Jason. It says, In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And in verse 19, it says, We love him because he first loved us.
1: Amen. Because no one really should question the availability of God's love. Because the question we should be asking is this. Will we or people respond, therefore, to God's love? Because in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it tells us, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so Jason, you know, in Hosea chapter three, uh, with verses three and four, it shows us that God's abundant blessings aren't, are interrupted by unfaithful actions. Mm. But this is overpowering love is not halted by his, the temporary rejection. So since that love involves his emotional commitment or faithfulness to his people, he is steadfastly loyal to those whom he loves and the apostle Paul reminds us of this in Romans chapter 8 verses 38 to 39 you like to read that verse for us Jason
0: please it says for i am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our Lord, that's, that's an incredible verse, isn't it? It is, Jason, very powerful.
1: You know, when we finish off Chapter 3 here, you know, how does one react to Hosea and Goma's love? Because the Bible doesn't tell us, you know, uh, or what we do not know how people reacted when they saw Hosea and Goma. Mm. But what we do know is that Hosea did what God commanded and People saw a man pay good money so that he could take back an undeserving wife who betrayed him. They saw new love break out between two people and a broken marriage was restored. And that's you know the application there is there for us too Jason. Mm. you know God paid the price for us. We were undeserving. but Jesus his son came and died on the cross for us. They grueling death that we should be taken back. And by doing so, a new love has been broken up between us in this relationship we have with him. And we have this covenant relation marriage we have with God. So Jesus didn't just die on the cross to buy us a license to sin, but he came to save us from sin, as our listeners told us. So Hosea and Gomer's story does not end, end there. And neither does our story, mm. because we may repeat the same mistakes and fall into the same sin more than once, but it does not mean that God has forsaken us. Romans 2 verse 4 tells us, And love is the power that enables us to turn from those sins. But do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? And so the emphasis, Jason, is is what is right is a misunderstanding of Christianity, as I've mentioned before. Because when you look at what the word Christianity means, you find that in Acts 11 and verse 26. The people called them Christians simply because they would talk about Christ, Christ is this, Christ is that, Christ did this, Christ did that. And so the people said, well, why don't we call these people then Christians? Mm. And it's all because they would talk about Christ. Mm. And I'll just finish by saying this, Jason. Alan White says in Steps to Christ, page 55, there are two ways by which we can be sure that we are genuine, regular followers of Christ, and that is of whom I love to think about and of whom I love to talk about.
0: Mm. That's that's pretty special, isn't it? And if I can summarize it in just a few seconds, what, what you're saying here is that it's, it's not through our own power that uh, we can overcome sin, but it's actually when we recognize the true love of God that he has for us that that gives us the the motivation and the power to overcome um, and change our lives, I guess.
1: Is that, Amen, is Jason. that a That's fair what, enough yeah. summary? Very good, very
0: good. Afi, <laughs> <laughs> I thank you for your program today. and. Uh, I was just wondering what are we going to be talking about next time we've got you on in two weeks' time?
1: Yeah, so we're going to continue on through Hosea, but and um, we've got uh, 11 chapters left, so I'm going to summarise
0: um, in the next two programs of these 11 chapters. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll continue through the book of Hosea, and tomorrow we're continuing through the book of Daniel with Pastor Peter Watts, and uh, we're on Daniel chapter 8 tomorrow, so do join us for that. See With New Eyes is our book offer today and the code is ENCOUNTER25. This uh, beautiful song that we're going to go out with is called Your Heart by Sidney Wolverton. Wherever you are today, we just hope that you feel God's love and His presence with you.
4: Sometimes I wonder why I don't find what I look for Searching places that I know My friends will tell me, Sid, what you look for is already yours The treasure that you seek is waiting right outside your door Jesus, open my door Cause I want Your love, that I'm the treasure of your heart The treasure of your heart Well, life will pick us up and drop us back down again But I'm not scared because tomorrow is in your hands Anyone can find the dirt in someone else's heart Help me be the one to find the gold right from the start. Now help me start, yeah, yeah. Cause I want the way, and I want the one, I want the sun to shine on me. And I can't believe that you're showing me the truth of your love, that I'm the treasure of your heart. It's full of